0: defense my righteousness oh God how I need
1: Excuse me? You have an amazing face. You've got powerful features, man. Anyone ever tell you that? Um, oh. No. Then listen, you look a little down, and it may seem like sometimes people don't understand you. But someday, man, someday, people are going to see you for what you really are. You, you really think so? Absolutely. You are great
2: validation,
1: please? You. You are great, ma'am. You have amazing cheekbones. Really?
0: Sir? Yes. We have a situation. Where? Oh my God. <laughs> Six muscles. What the hell's going on? Yes, that
3: is so scary.
0: You've been
1: through it, you know. You've had so much life experience that other people don't appreciate, but you know.
3: Bless you, dear. They're not
0: patronizing the shops. They're just coming to see him. Oh,
1: sir, you in great shape.
0: You work out? Not for long. I do, actually, uh, a bit. Yeah, thanks. Young man, we are running a business
1: here, not a social club. That is a fantastic suit. It really flatters you. You think so? You guys work so hard. You are the backbone that keeps this place running. I always
0: felt like no one really appreciated us. Yeah, I mean our jobs are so stressful, and it seems like most of the times people just don't see it. No, what you do is so important. You know, I bet the boss would
1: love to meet you. You are great. Yay! You provide hundreds of jobs, sustaining hundreds of families. That's huge.
0: That's so good to hear. Most times I feel like people don't recognize that. I'm just the big bad man on the hill.
1: Not at all. You give.
0: Oh my Lord. You
1: know, I know some people who
0: would probably like to meet you. Take me
1: Mr. President, no matter what people say about you, you have still got a great golf swing. God bless you. You do. You have a fantastic mustache. I bet Burt Reynolds and Tom Selleck look at you and get envious. I'm not kidding. Thank you. You're welcome.
3: <laughs> Hugh Newman, a man who is changing the world
1: with free parking and free compliments. Leaf. A very big new leaf.
0: Your license is expired, sir.
1: That is why you're great at what you do. You are so thorough. Really? You think so?
3: Hugh, what is your secret?
1: I just love to see people smile.
3: It seems there is no one Hugh Newman cannot make smile. Validation, so you have your validation card somewhere near you in the a, in a back of a chair, so see if you can find one near you and if there's extra in your row and you don't have one if you're in the front row or something, um, see if you can find one because this is your validation card for this morning, okay? So, uh, you know, I think we're all really looking for validation and I kind of see it like we go through life and we've, we've got this invisible validation card we kind of go through life looking for that validation through a variety of people and places and institutions, kind of invisibly going up and saying, Will you validate me in one form or another? Uh, you know, Webster defines validation as simply this: to recognize, establish, or illustrate the worthiness of something or someone, or to authenticate. Okay? So You know, I know this starts at a young age. For me, I remember back in first grade about getting my first report card. And I remember thinking, I didn't know what a report card was and I didn't really know what A, B, C, D, F really meant, okay? And I remember getting my very first report card and seeing on there, you know, some A's and B's and maybe C, but I had a D. And it was a Christian school and I had a D in the class that was scripture memory. Okay, so so I got this D, and I didn't, know, I didn't know what a D meant. I didn't know if that was good or bad, and my brothers and sisters started laughing and going, Fred, you got a D! And I didn't know if they were saying a good thing or a bad thing, but I just thought I uh, wasn't quite sure, and then I started catching on that that was not a good thing. So I got my ballpoint pen out and changed that D into a B. Just little, few little more lines on there, Okay. And then I remember uh, the first time in junior high, I tried out for, to be a cheerleader. I thought, okay, this will be a way to be validated. Everybody, everybody likes cheerleaders. And I remember trying out and going to that bulletin board where they always posted the names of who, who got on the team and who didn't. And I remember looking at that board and not seeing my name and feeling so disappointed like I didn't make the cut. And then I remember the first time that uh, I, I, from cheerleading, I thought, the heck with that, I'll go play basketball. So I played basketball a lot with my brothers. And I remember um, fifth grade, I kind of had one of those maybe fifth grade crushes or something. I had this really cool teacher. His name was Mr. Wilde. What a great name for a junior high teacher, right? <laughs> so I remember uh, my parents had invited him over to dinner to our house. And a bunch of us kids, there were eight of us in my family, but a bunch of us were out shooting baskets in this patio behind our house that had a basketball goal. And, and I remember trying so hard to impress this teacher. And I was shooting from as far out as I possibly could shoot. And I must have shot probably a hundred times, and I think I made zero, really, <laughs> I made zero. And then I remember in high school, I had my first real date and sat down with my dad and he took me through the ringer of who's this guy, you know, and, and uh, I remember getting ready for the date, I remember exactly what I wore, this cute little blue top and it wasn't this one, but <laughs> this top and I, and I remember waiting for him to come and I was so nervous but excited, you know and I waited and waited and waited I'm still waiting No, found Bill. (laughs) No, he never showed up, okay? So he never came. So sometimes our validation, our search for validation works. And if it works, we tend to get a lot of praise, like Hugh in the video. And we get more and more praise, and we keep doing it, and we get better and better and better at that thing that we're getting validated for, okay? And sometimes the validation doesn't work. And if it doesn't work, sometimes you start hiding or even lie about stuff. Sometimes you say the heck with it and go another direction and look for it somewhere else. And sometimes we may double our efforts trying harder. So that's some of what I did. By eighth grade, I was a whiz at scripture memory. <laughs> okay, I went to a Lutheran uh, school. We had Lutheran confirmation class. And by, by the time I got to confirmation class... Um, we used to have races Uh, we were given a Bible verse to look up we would have races to see who could find it the fastest so we had to memorize the books of the Bible and I could rattle those things off so fast and I had it down by college I was playing basketball in college believe it or not after that start and in college I became the leading free throw shooter at my college in basketball and also in college It seemed that, you know, here was that first date that didn't go so hot. In college, I was making up for lost time and thinking, I'll I'll be validated. I'm gonna date a bunch, so I dated a bunch. And I remember in, in college, there was one guy in particular that I dated who played on the basketball team, and he was like the star player, and he'd pass behind his back and do all these great shots and stuff. And I dated him, and that was like double validation, you know, like, like to associate with someone that you saw as more important than yourself, and somehow that felt like validation for me. So as we go through today's message, I want you to be thinking I want you to take out your card and there should, there actually should be a pencil or if you have a pen or pencil on you or there should be one maybe near in a pocket near you and what I would like you to do with this little card while we're talking about this is to write down in maybe a word, it it may be 10 words or 20 words, but just single words that are kind of the things you look to for validation. Whether it be right now, whether it be things in the past, Um, what are some ways that you have looked for validation? Don't put your name on it, Um, but just simply back of the card, front of the card, whatever, write down some things of, yeah, if I'm honest with myself, here's some ways I've been looking for validation for who I am. Maybe it's through sports or appearance or intelligence. Maybe it's for things like this. Uh, Maybe it's for how you grew up in your family and the role that you started to play in your family. Maybe you were the funny one or the good kid, or the quiet one, or the risk taker, or the tough one, or the responsible one, the dependable one, the smart one. Maybe it's stuff like valuing, valuing things like how much money you have, or what kind of house you, you live in, or what kind of car you drive, or the clothes you wear, or the people you hang out with, or how many likes you get on Tinder. If you don't know what Tinder is, it's a dating app, <laughs> okay? If you, maybe it's how many friends you have on Facebook. Maybe it's how your kids are turning out. Or maybe it's how successful your career is. So we go through life looking for these kinds of things for validation. And if you write some of these on a card, but by the time we get to communion, I'm going to have you bring your cards forward and, and bring them up here at communion. So one of my favorite characters of the Bible is Peter. And um, I think Peter was one in scripture that we can easily see how he was looking for that validation. He was kind of bold and a risk taker. And we know from Matthew 4 that he was a fisherman. He was one of the 12 disciples and one of the closest of Jesus' disciples and probably uneducated and untrained, but probably a really good fisherman. I'm picturing him like one of those guys on Wicked Tuna. Anybody here watch Wicked Tuna? It's my husband's favorite show. <laughs> okay, the, go watch Wicked Tuna. That's, that's probably Peter and uh and then in Matthew 14 we have the snapshot of Peter where he saw Jesus walking on the water and he's like I want to do that and he calls out to Jesus and Jesus like come on he starts walking on water just like Jesus was until he started to sink and then Jesus reached out and grabbed his hand Matthew 16 Jesus asked Peter a very important question he says to Peter who do you say that I am And Peter answers, the Christ. And Jesus says to him, Upon you, Peter, the rock. He calls him the rock. I will build my church. What a validation. Upon you, I will build the church. And then in John 18, it's a picture of Jesus who was in the Garden of Gethsemane with Jesus and uh, defending Jesus when all these Roman soldiers came to take him away and cuts off the ear of one of the slaves uh, who was in the group there as a way to kind of validate his loyalty to Christ, like, I, I will do anything for you. He was bold, trying to prove that he was worthy to be validated. <clears throat> so sometimes we're looking for validation for things like this, validation of our perspective. Are we seeing things right? As a counselor, I often have people coming and, t- and looking for that kind of thing. Am I seeing things right? Maybe especially if there's an argument with your significant other or you've gone through a painful breakup or a divorce or something with your kids, you're looking for that validation of, am I seeing this right? Maybe it's validation to have people on your side and not your enemy's side. Maybe it's validation of your decision-making. Am I making the right decision about something? Maybe it's validation I'm looking for, did I hear God right? I thought he was leading me to do this and now I'm not so sure and... You know, I'm looking for that validation of my hearing God right? Sometimes we look for validation of our emotions. Like, is it okay for me to be angry or sad or mad or hurt? Or is it okay for me to feel those emotions? Sometimes we're looking for validation of our pain. You know, does my pain have a point? Is this just pointless suffering I'm going through or does it have any point to it? So Hugh, Hugh Newman was actually getting validated for his validating, and it was becoming famous and popular, the media was around him. So let's return to our story about Hugh Newman. Next.
0: Welcome to the Department of Motor Vehicles.
1: Now Thursday, B331 at window number nineteen.
2: Smiles in their driver's license photo, sir. It's not allowed. Next! Next!
1: You are amazing. You are so efficient. Next! Victoria? Oh, that's a beautiful name. Next! You take such good care of your equipment. Oh, they're lucky to have you.
2: We're closed, sir.
1: Victoria. I just want to see you smile.
2: Good night, sir.
1: Where do I go for...
2: We don't validate, sir.
1: your eyes sort of oh you have the most beautiful eyes I've ever seen next you eat healthy too see you take good care of yourself that's awesome See, you're even a great pet owner you're giving her full hours walk most people wouldn't take the time but but you care (laughs) oh boy do you care have you ever smiled yes when
2: when i was a little girl
1: oh i bet you had a beautiful smile what happened to it next look like anyone you know next there's color and black and white next I just wanted to see you smile.
2: I'm sorry. Next!
0: I'm here to get validated, please.
1: You're. okay, I guess.
0: Okay. Did you say okay?
1: Yeah, you're fine. Do you have anything else to say? (sighs) What's the point?
3: Hugh Newman's validating quit working for him and he got terminated and the cameras were gone the media went away and he was no longer the popular guy and he had nothing left to give I want you to just think about where are the places where you felt terminated where you felt like life quit working for you and you just want to give up you feel discouraged or deflated or depressed for me I know even by the time I hit my 20s, I felt like everything that I was looking to for value was starting to fall apart. The relationships with guys I had dated were falling apart. Basketball wasn't going so great. My faith really wasn't working for me any, anymore. I didn't even know if I really, <clears throat> excuse me, I didn't know if I really believed in God. I was asking really deep questions and growing up in a family, a Lutheran family, where we prided ourselves in having all the answers. When I was a senior in college, I still had not declared my major yet. I felt so lost, like I just didn't know who I was and where I was going and what I was about. Everywhere I looked for validation just didn't seem to be working. I felt discouraged, deflated, severely depressed, so much that there were times when I just wanted to go to sleep and never wake up again. Maybe when you're 20, maybe when you're 50, I don't know when, but it seems like at some point, life seems to start not working. The ways that we've been looking for validation start to fall apart, whether it be our finances, our health, our relationships, our jobs. So it strikes me that the thing that we're often looking for with our validation is what I'm gonna call small v validation, small v validation as opposed to a capital V validation, okay? And it's the small v-validation that maybe just gives us a little taste of that value or worth that eventually just doesn't last, it wears off, we need more, it doesn't seem to really fill fill that deep place inside. When small v-validation quits working for us, it really opens the door for capital V-validation. It's the failure of small v-validation that opens us up to something much deeper inside in our spirit. Capital V validation is the kind of validation that only God can give, his spirit within us. Jesus at the cross gave the ultimate statement of our value and worth as he laid down his life for us as his friends. It's at the cross where we can bring our failures, our disappointments, our emptiness, our selfishness, our pride, ego, shortcomings, flaws, self-protection, and confess that we've really been looking for other people and places to fill really what only he can give us that capital V validation you know when we check the value the value of something in our world we tend to like look at the price tag of it and if we look at the price tag which is the cross that's a measure of our worth and value in Christ that he would lay down his own life for us in two Corinthians 5 21 he says he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, that we might have the righteousness of God. You know, in many ways, it's fine to enjoy small V validation, but really only when capital V is in place in our lives. Um, In Matthew, it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. I think it was Larry Krav who said, If you put the second things first, you'll lose both the first things and the second things but if you put the first things first, first, you end up having them both. So here's some distinctions between small V and capital V validation. Small V validation is more external. The capital V validation is more internal, deep in our spirit. Small V validation is usually about performance and approval. Capital V validation is without conditions, completely unconditional. Small V validation is where we really, in the end, we use people and things in order to feel good about ourselves. With capital V validation, that deep place is filled where we, out of that, have a place to give to others. Small V validation, I'm giving my power for who I am to other people. With, With capital V validation, I'm giving that power to God and surrendering to Him to be the one who defines my value. With small v validation, I'm changing from the outside in. With capital V validation, I'm changing from the inside out. With small v validation, I'm trying to define myself. With capital V validation, I'm letting God be the one who defines me, who I am, that I'm loved, forgiven, adequate, valued. With small v validation, we get addicted to more small v. With capital V validation, we're dependent on Christ and grounded and rooted in him. Peter, in the Bible, after professing so well that Jesus was the Messiah and the Christ, later, at Jesus' most critical moment, denied, denies Jesus. Denied that he even knew him when he was questioning, being questioned. And at Jesus' most critical moment, when he was about to be crucified, and when Peter feared for his own life, ends up denying Jesus. Peter, the rock, caved. Why did Jesus call him a rock, even though he knew Peter would deny him? It feels to me like he almost set him up for failure. Almost like he sets us up for failure. So let's go back to our story about Hugh. Hey, excuse me. Excuse me. Could you take our picture? Thanks, I really appreciate
2: it. It's our first time here.
1: Smile. It's not a real smile. You guys love each other? You're on vacation, traveling the world? Yeah, that's great. Wish I could travel the world with the woman I love. Wish I could have someone take our picture. I would really smile. You guys have every reason to smile. You're gorgeous. You're in the prime of your lives. And you guys are great. Hold it right there. Now that is a smile. Hey, one more, one more, right here. Oh, that's excellent. One more, one more. Beautiful, beautiful. Here, look at each other. Oh, fantastic couple. What do you love most about your wife? Um, she accepts me, despite knowing Where did you meet? On jury duty. Aw, served (laughs) your country and met the love of your lives. You guys are awesome. (laughs) Beautiful, beautiful. Nice meeting you. Thank you so much. Okay, bye. Excuse me, you get the most sincere smiles out of people I've ever seen. You wanna make some extra money shooting stuff like this? Sorry to interrupt. You're a beautiful couple. you models? No. No. Would you like to be? You have two of the most beautiful eyes I've ever seen. Excuse me? Your eyes. They're gorgeous. You're gorgeous. And your dress matches your
2: eyes. It's perfect.
1: May I? Okay. What do you love most in all the world?
2: My daughter. She has the most wonderful smile.
1: Hello, I have a 310 Cleaning, Hugh Newman.
3: Hello, Hugh.
1: Can you just put your driver's license on there when you're done? Sure. Thank you. Hi. Hey, ma'am. Eric, can I call you How did you? You're smiling, but
0: she. Did you?
1: Where's Victoria? You know, work here, she was
0: fired. Yeah! Fired? What? You were smiling.
3: Look at this. She did these.
0: Look
1: at that. They're all smiling. Look at that. Those pictures suck. They're
0: not supposed to smile. Stop, smiling. that.
1: Where is she?
3: he was feeling a little lifeless. It's almost to me like he, there was something deeper in his spirit that started to rise up that he, he just couldn't deny, like, like a new life starting to rise up in him. Except this time some things were a little different. If you take note of how he was the first time around and the second time around, the first time around he was at his station and hanging out his shingle and getting lots of uh, media and press for what he was doing and people were coming to him. And then, after hitting this place of failure and disappointment, now he's going out into the world, and he's reaching out to people, and he's asking them questions about their life. It's almost like there's a life inside of him that just can't stay down. So, Hugh ends up caring about... Oh, sorry. uh, Later, as he goes out in the world and he's reaching out to other people, he's able to have a different kind of impact with people. With Peter, in Luke 24... Peter, after the resurrection, and Martha and Mary first found out that Jesus had risen, Peter was the first of the guys of the 12 disciples to want to race to the tomb to say, where is he? He just wanted to find Jesus. He wanted to find out what was going on. And then in a scene after the resurrection as well, there was the scene where the disciples were out fishing all day together and caught nothing. And Jesus shows up on the scene and tells them to let down their nets. And they go out and let down their nets and get a whole boat full of of fish, and in the middle of it, Peter, instead of celebrating about all the fish, jumps out of the boat, swims to shore, and spends time with Jesus in a conversation over a little breakfast there on on the shore, almost as if the fishing didn't matter near as much as just getting to know Jesus and spending time with him. For me, when everything had failed inside of me when I was in my early 20s, I hit this place we're in the midst of my pain and my brokenness that I have felt an incredible sense of God's love being filled up inside of me. And I can identify with that place of, you know what, who cares all that much about basketball? Having the right answers, the performance, and the, the approval. Really deep down, what I really wanted was to get to know Jesus and make him known. So let's watch the last segment of our video. <laughs>
0: you are awesome thank you
2: you're gonna have so much fun on this trip the stories you're gonna tell people when you get back will be amazing I can't wait I've always <laughs> wanted to see parents.
1: tried everything. What happened?
2: When I was a little girl, my mother got very sick. And she stayed that way. And over the years, she just got so sad that she forgot how to smile. And seeing her like that, I couldn't smile either. And I didn't. For years. But then one day, A young man came up to her and told her how beautiful she was, so beautiful that he wanted to take her picture. He made her smile, and suddenly after all those years, she got better. (laughs) for you, but I couldn't find you anywhere. I went to every garage in town. I paid every fee they had, but I couldn't find you.
1: You paid for parking for me?
2: Yes. Because you are great. You are amazing.
1: No one has ever said that about me before.
3: Uh, So, go on YouTube if you want to watch that yourself again. It's called Validation. Um, You know, sometimes our greatest place of impact is when we kinda quit trying and there's something more authentic that starts to rise up inside of us. Sometimes when we think we're not being used at all, it might be when we're being used the most. You know, God seems to validate things that are a lot different than what the world validates. The world validates money and sports and performance and appearance and Intelligence and power and fitness and houses and cars and things like that. And, you know, for, for the, the perspective that God has on things, he seems to validate things that are a little different. We read in scripture things like, here, here's the kinds of things that he seems to validate. The Lord is near the brokenhearted. He puts your tears in a bottle and stores them up. He values a broken and contrite heart. He values truth in the innermost being. He likes the last and the least of these. He validates our suffering. He validates praying at all times so that we're in communion with him and speaking with him in a personal relationship on an ongoing basis. He validates trust and relationship. He validates vulnerability and being like children. He validates the heart. You see, when we quit trying and quit running around looking for the small v validation, Jesus seems to come in with capital V validation and gives us himself, his very life within us to live inside of us. When we know where our true validation comes from, we can enjoy the small v validation for, it's for just what it is. When we're validated at our core, fruit is the result, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness. And we can impact the lives of other people without even knowing it. So at communion, I want you to think about how Jesus is really our capital V validation. He is the end. This is where Jesus said, It is finished. Your search for validation is finished. It's at the cross where Jesus unconditionally loves us, where he says, I forgive you, I gave you my life. If you were the only person in the world, I would die for you. No matter what you've done, no matter what you haven't done, you're completely 100% accepted to him because of the forgiveness of his blood on the cross. 2 Corinthians 3.5 says this, Not that we are adequate in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God. And I think we could just plug in the word validation in there. Not that our validation is in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves, but our validation is from God. Here is where he says, I have found you, I have healed you, and I have made you adequate. I have validated you and made you smile. So the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it saying, take eat this is my body broken for you. And he took the cup and he poured it, saying, this is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. You know, we could think of sin as being anywhere that we look for validation other than him, of putting other things in his place. And every time we do that, like another nail that we put in the cross. So as you come forward to communion, I would like you to bring your validation cards, and as you bring them, whichever line you're coming in, you can take communion. Um, The dark cups are wine, and the light cups are juice, and you can take a piece of bread and dip it in the cup. Uh, Gluten-free is over here on uh, your left, and as you bring forward your, your card, you can just lay it here on the little podium down here. As a way of just saying to Christ, I'm turning in my small v validation to accept your capital V validation for who I am and your love for me. So let's come and worship in communion.
0: Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great Thou art, how great Thou art, then sings my soul, my Savior. Thou, art. thou great Thou
3: art. Yeah. Don't you think it's cool how books, movies, little videos like what you saw here today or even nature itself kind of carries the story of the gospel the story of life or what we think brings life and then death to that, and then new, authentic, genuine life that rises back up. You know, Peter was the one through the book of Acts that just kind of lit the church on fire. He was the one who was giving uh, bold sermons, talking in an in incredible energy that he never had even before. He, was, uh, he had healed a lame man. He heals Tabitha. He was jailed. He can't stop speaking about Christ even when he was being told not to. He just kept sharing and loving and reaching out to people. Cornelius was a guy who tried to worship Peter, and Peter wouldn't let him, and continued to give credit to Christ. And in Acts 10, Peter says, all the nations are welcome. You know, in my personal life, my, my personal mission that fits my story has to do with walking alongside people who have been to those dark places and those broken places. As a counselor, as my, some of my work here, and Christ has given me a boldness and a courage to go to those places that a lot of people don't like to go, and, and that's part of my story. And you have a story. You are meant for great things in a very personal way that fits your unique story, in a way that only you could do and make an impact in this world to validate others from an authentic place of Christ's life living through you. In 2 Corinthians 12, it says, He who boasts, let him boast in the Lord. Boast in your weakness, that the power of Christ may dwell in you, content with weaknesses, insults, distresses, persecutions, difficulties. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. So you have been validated, even in your weakness. You are great, because the one who's great lives inside of you. So leave here today, validate others in the spirit of Christ, and make them smile. Amen? (laughs)